0: Good evening, good evening friends. Uh, just so good to be here. Once again, I get to talk about the Word of God with my friends and there's nothing better. So just uh, so much. Um, even before I get started and pray, I just uh, in uh, my many years of being here on this, this earth, this planet. Generally speaking, my heart has never been any heavier than it is right now. I mean that sincerely. I'm not looking for sympathy, but it's just, I'm just being totally honest with my friends and with all the stuff that's going on. Now, I I know God's in charge. I'm well aware of that, but it just breaks my heart to see the church sitting idle. You know, and I get to hear things like, well, God's, God's taking care of it, so you know I'm just going to sit and wait for him to do what he's going to do. And that's not what he called us to. He called us to be his hands and feet. He called us to go out into all the world and make disciples. He called us to do that. And so many of us are resting on um, what uh, – it's, it's difficult. Uh, and and I, I will admit um, that there's been some criticism – Uh, Since the last time I got to speak here, because it was like, well, you're telling people what to do. It's not your responsibility. It is my responsibility. So uh, I'm just going to continue to proclaim the word of God no matter what. You can't be concerned about, you know, what people think of me, what I say. You know, as long as it's the word of God, then I'm going to rest on it. So that's what uh, I plan to do tonight. Uh, So tonight we're going to dig into the book of Daniel. Uh, Starting with, uh, well, we'll we'll pray and then I'll I'll explain uh, what we're going to do here. Father, we just uh, give thanks for all that you are in our lives, Father. And I I just pray now that uh, my sisters and brothers' eyes, ears, and heart will be open for what you have for us tonight, Father. And this is for everyone here. This is for them and this is for me And I just pray, Father, that we would receive it gladly knowing that you have a plan for each and every one of our lives individually and uh, all of us corporately, Father. So I just pray now that uh, your word would be rightly divided and that we would uh, not just be hearers of that word, but doers also. So I pray, Father, that you would have your way in this place and that you would be glorified. And I just pray that they can see through the vessel that you're using. And just be concentrated on your word and your word alone. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here, to be able to be exposed to the sweet worship, and now exposed to your word, Father. Have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, A a little while ago, maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks, on a Sunday, I started the book of Daniel. And I went, I got as far as chapter 8. Uh, verse eight, excuse me, uh, Daniel one, chapter eight, and I feel it would it wouldn't be a good a frame of reference for the ones who were not here. Although most of you probably know the book, but there were just some points that that we feel that needed to be made, and I don't want to continue without setting that setting it up again. If I have to, some of you who that were here that Sunday have heard it, so just bear with us. Uh, I'm going to touch on some points again that are very important. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And and in this book, Daniel uh, bridges the entire 70 years of the Babylonian captivity. And you, you will see the importance of that as we go along. Daniel was God's mouthpiece to the Gentiles and Jewish world. Declaring God's uh, current and future plans, what revelation is to the New Testament, Daniel is to the Old Testament. And Jehoiakim uh, was the son of Josiah, who ruled from 609 to 597 BC when Nebuchadnezzar first plundered Jerusalem. So he he was ahead of, of uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was a son of. of of the ruler of Babylon from 605 to 562 B.C. And again, these these facts that we're stating here are going to mean something as we go along. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand was some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shimar, to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Now, bear in mind that when we say his God, in in Egypt, at that time, they worship a lot of gods. And as we go along, we're going to see where uh, Daniel and the the Hebrew boys come into play. Because Nebuchadnezzar is going to use some even modern-day brainwashing. And it's not news. It's not old. It's the same thing that goes on today, and, and we'll get into that. Uh, uh, Jehoiakim's god was Bel or Marduk, and the Babylonian religion recognized many gods. Many gods. And as it says in Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun. That's what we're dealing with today many gods. And to conquer another nation's deity will start to prove the super, superiority, superiority of the victor's uh, goal, of the victor's God. And so that's what they were doing. And again, as we go along, uh, some of you may consider the fine line between what we're dealing with now and politics. But we have to be very careful. Roe versus Wade was political. Taking prayer out of school was political saying that you can't say Pledge of Allegiance in public was political. And so let's let's not get hung up on uh, keeping the church separate from talking about politics. That's my desire, but there's a fine line between the two. So just listen, and and whatever the Lord puts on your heart, you receive it or you reject it, it's strictly your choice. He's not going to take away their free will to do that. Uh, Verse 3 then the king instructor asked Finas, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, for and for the young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, but possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Cardeans. That's very important. very very important. And qualifications uh, for these Jews, these young men was to be trained in affairs of the state that included being, number one, physically free from bodily blemish or handicap, and uh, handsome. One must have a, a pleasing appearance in the public eye. They must be mentally sharp. They must be socially poised and polished for representing the leadership the age of these trainees was typically between 14 and 17 years of age. So what Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do, he wanted to bring in the, the cream of the crop, the best, the best of the best, to be under his tutelage. So, and this is where we get into the, what we consider, I consider the brainwashing part of it. And the king appointed for them a daily portion of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. And these, these, uh, these uh, Jewish men, uh, they, they agreed that after three years with the year of promotion after the dream of the second year. And that that was some of the prophecy that came through in Daniel. And verse 6, now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And at this time, Daniel was around 15 years of age. Uh, we're going to see the importance of that as we go along as well. To them, the verse 7, to them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, he gave the name Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Now, what's this all about? Name changing was and is a key factor in the brainwashing process. When someone's initiated in a club or, I don't want to use the word gang, uh, that could be very subjective, but anytime there's initiation to a club or group, the idea is to change their name, and not just name only, but to change their very culture. And, and a lot of times we see this in some of these religious systems, even, where they want to change the name. Because we, want, we start with the name, but we want to change our culture. We want to change, in this case, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to change what they believed in, these guys, And you'll see what the name changes. Uh, from Daniel, which meant, God is my judge. He changed it to Belshazzar. Bel, protect the king. From Hananiah, the name was the Lord is gracious. And he changed that to uh, command of Aku, which is an Egyptian god. And Aku was a Babylonian god. From Mishael, it would say, who is like the Lord? He changed that to Meshiach, which means who is what a coup is. So now we've changed the names, and now we're, we're drawing you away from that God that you believe in. We want to draw you to the God that we believe in. So now you'll see steps being taken. Change the name, change the culture, change the diet, and change everything about them. So now, uh, basically, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had this desire to be the puppeteer. And these were his puppets. That's why he chose them at a young age. And for those of us who's been around, we've seen this happen with initiation in the clubs where the, you, you have to have a name change. And, and I use uh, the example before. If your son comes home and his name is John, and now he says, hey, Mom and Dad, from this point on, I want you to call me Road Dog. You know, you might want to ask, what's going on here? You might want to question that, or some name that's just, you know, snake. You might, you might want to ask, you know, what's going on with that? Because that's part of the initiation process. And, and the desire is to change you, and that's what he's doing. So as we go along, we're going to see the steps that have been taken. And bear in mind that uh, Daniel and these three Hebrew boys, they had no desire to change the world. That was not their concern. They were just gonna honor what the Lord had taught them to be, what the Lord Lord has shown them over time for their 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 through their in their youth. And uh when I missed riot, it said the Lord is my helper and to change it to Abednego, servant of Nago. And Nago or Nebo was a god of vegetation. So these were gods, they had gods of the sea, gods of the stars, gods of the clouds, gods of you know, everything, and that's what Nebuchadnezzar was drawing them to. He was drawing them to come out of who you are. But, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself as a por- with a portion of the king's delicacies, not with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel's taking a stand, and when I got to, to talk with uh, the... The, my friends here last time, I made reference to the fact that God took a stand. Jesus took a stand. And I used the example of Jesus going in turning over the tables. And if we were with him, we would have said, Jesus, come over here. We need to talk. Do you realize how many people you're going to offend when you start turning over tables? Do you realize that there are going to be a lot of people who are not going to like you? They're going to despise and reject you if you do this. So let's let's just go in the back room and pray and see what happens. No, no, that shouldn't be a desire of our heart. Our heart is to do what the Lord puts on our heart. And as we go along, we're going to find that even today, as we speak, the powers that be have given us another dividing point. We're divided not in the country, just in the country, but now the world, and they've given us another one. Now there's, there's, there's conflict, there's chaos. Uh, did you get vaccinated? Well, no. Well, why not? Or did you get vaccinated? Yes. Well, why did you? So now there's another dividing point that, that, that's been instilled in us, and now we're debating whether that's an issue. Uh, once upon a time, we wouldn't ask somebody, who'd you vote for? that was personal but with this we're doing it we're asking and then we're waiting to be critical no matter what the answer is this is this shouldn't be this should not be you know we this if the Lord says I want you to do this then do it if the Lord says I don't want you to do this then don't do it as simple as that you don't have to justify to anyone about why you do what you do but we're being compelled to defend our position right now. That's not good. Not at all. Because what's happening now is, with all the things that, that that have been instilled in us in the last year and a half, they know, they, the powers that be, know that they can rule through fear. Fear is a liar. That's the word. Fear is a liar. So we have to take a stand. And Well, God didn't call us to go out and... and and carry signs or, or, or thump heads. No, he did not. He taught us to go out and teach the word of God. Go out and teach the word, plain and simple, folks. And for us to sit around and say, well, he didn't really call me to do anything. Well, let's just go back and scratch out that part about going to all the world and make disciples. Let's scratch that out and just ignore that part. Let's scratch out the part where he says, you, you're my hands and feet. You know, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send you a paraclete. I'm going to send you a help me. I'm going to send someone to help you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to you. He's going to send the Holy Spirit back to sit around with us? No, not at all. That's not the idea. Be about our Father's business. And someone uh, called me after that Sunday morning and said, well, what does that mean? It means to you whatever the Holy Spirit says it means to you. I can't tell you. I know what what he's called me to do about being about our father's business, but I can't speak for you. If you say, well, the Lord has just called me to sit and wait, okay, so be it. I'm not going to challenge you on that. I know what the word says, but that's all I got to offer. Uh, Continuing after verse uh, 8, this pagan food and drink was devoted to idols to partake was to understand as honoring their deities. So when we fall in line between these mandates that we think are laws, that's what we're doing. We're compromising. It says, do not be uh, conformed to the world, be transformed by the power of your mind. And now we're being transformed to the world. We're caving in, we're rolling over. Jesus never rolled over. Never. Daniel purpose in his heart not to engage in compromise by giving, uh, by being untrue to God's call of commitment. That's what we need to be. Are we faithful to the, God's call in our lives? Are we afraid? Are we afraid of living in fear? A lot of us are. There are people who have been fearful now for over a year and a half. Fearful, even today. And once we take the offense out of the gospel, then we might as well be working for the other side. Well, the gospel is offensive. Wow. Welcome to the world of Jesus. It is offensive, and that's okay, because offensive in a good way. Teach it. Tell, tell your family about it. Tell your friends about it. And sometimes they'll accept it. But one thing that we've got going for us there's always hope. Always hope. Never ever give up. Someone didn't give up on you. Someone kept praying for you. Someone kept encouraging you. Someone kept preaching, teaching, proclaiming the word of God to you. And eventually, it sunk in. That's what we need to do. Never give on, uh, up on Uncle Uncle John. Never give up on. It. Never give up on Aunt Mary. There's always hope. In, 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 our, in the word of God, that word hope appears 126 times. And the word hopeless appears eight times. And Jesus never said it one of those eight times. Never. There's no such thing. There's always, always, always hope. And that's not for the old, the old gospel. That's not for back then. That's for now. Never give up on them. And some, some, some are tough. Family members, friends, they're tough. Yeah, I tried that. It doesn't work. You know, that's good for you, but uh, I don't need that. We've heard it. Don't give up on them. Don't set a time limit. I've been witnessing to this, this, this person for 18 months and nothing's happened. I'm done. No. Stay the course. Stay. Continue to aim for the mark. Uh, Proverbs four twenty three says, "Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life." So when your heart is right, what's going to come out is going to be right. When your heart is bad, what's come out is going to be bad. Nothing slips out. Ooh, that just slipped. No, it didn't. It can't. If it's not in there, then it can't come out. So how does it slip? So just be, be careful, you know, how we encourage people or even why we encourage people. We have no ulterior motive because we love you. That's why we want to see you in the kingdom of God. And that's it. It's all about love. Exodus thirty four fourteen: For you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods. And one of them invites you, and you eat of his sacrifice. Compromise. Do not compromise the word of God. And there are foods that God's law prohibited in Leviticus 1. And these items that were pagan were consumed to partake were examples of direct compromise. Direct well, I know the Lord said, don't eat this, but I'm going to eat it. Old Testament. And now the Lord has said, if I made it, it's good. You know, you still get an opportunity to choose, but just take, you keep in mind that there were laws that prohibited these items from being consumed. Uh, should we take a stand? You decide. Moses took a stand in Hebrews 11, two, uh, 4 through 26. 24 to 26, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. That's what we need to be. Obedience is much better than sacrifice. Are we going to sacrifice what we believe esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. What is the reward? The reward is seeing him face to face as our sister prayed tonight, face to face as our sister prayed tonight. That's the reward. To know that he's coming, and he's coming soon, my friends. He's coming soon. You know, I know that we've been saying that. You know, great-great-grandma said it, and great-great-great-grandma they all said it, but what has to happen now? What has to transpire now based on what the God, word of God says? Yeah, yeah, it's all there, Gary. It's there. Fill in the blank. What has to happen? What has to occur based on scripture for the Lord to come back? And, and you know, one word government and and. There's just so many things. We could just sit here and name them, but it's all there. Uh, the psalmist took a stand in Psalm 119, Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. That should be the cry of our heart. Depart from me. I'm going to keep God's commandments. I'm going to live righteously. I'm going to do what's in the best interest of the people, the body of Christ. And uh look around, and there's not a lot of that going on right now we're we're either living in fear or we're being selfish. I'm afraid to do something, or well, hey, I'm concerned about number one. I'm concerned for myself, I don't care, you know you do what you want that's that's not what he called us to. We have to have to, and I don't like using that word because uh you know he's a He's a sovereign God, so he always gives us a choice, and none of us are in a position to say what anybody has to do. But when we're talking to people we love, that we care about, we wanna see saved from the fiery pit, these are the things that we have to do. We have to take a stand. And with what's going on now, we can all see it, you know, hear it, read it, it's crazy you know our sister again she prayed tonight this is uh, look at what's going on around us it just it saddens your heart and we trust the Lord as I said earlier we know that you know he, he knows it he saw this right from the beginning but he allows it he allows it enemy Satan the powers that be talking heads they can't do anything that God does not want but he's even now, what's he doing? He's sifting the wheat from the chaff. And we don't want to hear that because we know people that you know, need to be saved. But that's what he's doing. He's calling us out. Okay, are you doing your part? Are you doing your part to promote the kingdom of God? Are you telling the people that you love, hey, the bridge is out ahead. Well, I'm not going to tell them, let them find out for themselves. You would never do that you would never do that if you knew that bridge was out you would tell your friends you would tell your family don't go down that road it's a pit you're just gonna drop off into the abyss you would tell them that and this is the same even worse because this is eternal this is eternal damnation and we don't want anyone friends strangers we don't want anyone to be subjected to that do not Be ashamed of the gospel. Preach the word. Teach the word. Encourage. Be that Barnabas. Be whatever. Meet them where they are. It doesn't have to be on our turns. Well, you got to read so many scriptures a day and then pray facing east. Nonsense, friends. Nonsense. Read the word of God. Live the word of God. Jesus took a stand in Hebrews 7, 26. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. He took a stand. He did not roll over. He's not going to roll over. He's not rolling over now. He's with us. He's with us. I will never leave you, not forsake you. And I can say undeniably that I don't know of one promise that he's made that he did not keep or is keeping. Not one. Not one. Things happen that we don't understand. You know, taking away a loved one. Why would a loving God take away someone that I love? Because he sees the beginning from the end. He can see where they're headed. He can see where that that young man or that young girl is going. And okay, they need to come home now. Because the path that they're going down is damnation. He knows that we don't have the advantage of knowing that. So when he takes away something or someone that we love. And read Job. Read the book of Job. And there are many other places you can go. But that's a good start. Did Job deserve this punishment? It wasn't punishment. Not at all. And that's what we think. When things are not going the way that we think in the flesh, we attribute it to the enemy. No, no, don't deceive yourself. Don't be. Don't lie to yourself. God believes in chastening, and sometimes He has to chasten us to get us back on track. All of us, you know. Jeremiah says that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? It's true. We don't like to hear that. What are you calling me, a wicked? Yeah, I am. You are wicked. You are evil. It's an inherent nature. We inherited a, a, a flesh. And it's, just, it's with us until the Lord comes back and gives us that new body. In the meantime, this is what you're going to deal with. You don't even know what you're capable of doing. Oh, I would never do that. You don't know that. Under the wrong circumstances, the right circumstances, you don't know what you're capable of doing. Keep praying. Jesus took a stand in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, six fourteen through 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what, what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Jesus took a stand. Jesus took a stand in 2 Timothy 2.20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. He decides what type of vessel you're going to be. We're made for different things, different reasons, but they all point toward promoting the gospel. You know, I had an opportunity to go out with some some of the, the friends from this body uh, on a Sunday night in, into the uh, neighborhood. What a blessing. Um, not easy. Uh, there was some discomfort, I'm, I will admit. No, I don't mind standing here talking to you guys, you know, but to go out to someone's home on a Sunday afternoon, or Sunday evening, no less, knocking on their door, it was a challenge. Was it worth it? Absolutely. No question about it. And I realized that fear was self-imposed. I had this preconceived notion of how they were going to react. You know, someone's going to come to the door yelling and screaming at me, and pretty timid kind of guy. I I looked off, but you know I'm saying you can't go by that but and and I was concerned about that if this guy comes out and gets a little you know verbal with me you know okay see you I'm gone but that's the lord guided us through it and he he put me with someone who was a lot more comfortable with it than I was even though they didn't know it so we got a chance to pray and to encourage and give a Bible give you know, tracks and that type of thing. And it was a a tremendous blessing. Moving on, verse nine. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. He does that a lot. Even now with what's going on around us, we don't know the outcome of all this nonsense that's going on. You know, and, and how we follow the people that we trust, the man or woman that we trust, and we're not trusting God in our decision. It's a tough decision. Is it faithfulness or safety that's more important here? You have to determine that. Are you going to be more faithful to what the Lord is telling you? Or are you going to trust Dr. Vinny It's That's up to you. But Listen to what the Lord is putting on your heart. You don't have to follow the masses. You don't have to be a lemming. Not at all. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, heart, that's what you do. God honored honored Daniel's trust and allegiance by working favorably for Daniel among the heathen leaders. In this instant, it prevented persecution and led to respect. Later on, God permitted opposition against Daniel, which also elevated Daniel opposition against Daniel that elevated Daniel. Think about that in the natural. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. How could they be opposed to him yet elevated him? Because they weren't in charge. God was in charge. God has a plan from Daniel right from the beginning. I'm going to put you in a position where you... We got to ask ourselves, does he, he... encourage us so we can serve or do we serve so he would encourage us what's your situation (laughs) again these are the kind of things that we need to ask ourselves because right now folks uh, we're a little bit a little bit quiet as far as the world goes and I've said this this uh, statement before and and I, I feel it's necessary to say it again this group The ones that are causing all this opposition, they're 1% of us. But we get the impression they're huge because they make a lot of noise and they're very active. And on the contrary, we're very passive. Well, I'm just going to pray and and let the Lord take care of it. That's all well and good if that's what the Lord has put in your heart. But if the Lord has put on your heart, get out there with a sign. Go to that rally. Go to that PTA meeting. Go to that political rally go wherever you need to go share the word of God and don't just leave it at that mention the name of Jesus things change when you mention the name of Jesus you can talk about God and you know all is well okay can't we all just get along mention Jesus all of a sudden now the climate changes oh wait a minute I thought we were talking about God now you're talking about Jesus well, that tells you right there, they don't understand the gospel that we trust. When there's a dividing line, when there's these are two separate entities, then Houston, we have a problem. Talk about the name of Jesus. Get out there. And some of the sisters and brothers from here have done it. And it's fruitful because a lot of people don't know. You know, we think that generation that that's, that doesn't know the Lord is is... Here, but they're not. We think they're the the young younger people, but they're not. There's people our age who have never heard the gospel. And I say, Well, how is that possible? How can you be in the good old US of A and never hear but then the Holy Spirit put it on my heart, where would they hear it? They're not gonna hear it at school. They're not gonna hear it in the workplace. They're not going to hear it on most radio stations. So where would they hear it? They need to hear from us. Be careful with that one. Because a lot of us, we talk a good game, but we live otherwise. They're going to they're see your life before they hear your words. You can go in there and you say, well, I, I go to church every Sunday and I read the word and I can quote scripture with my hands behind my back. So what? What do they see? That's what they're judging you by. And they are judging. You are under a microscope whether you like it or not. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Live it. Live it. Live it. Every day, every hour, every minute. Live it. Let your friends, some of us sitting here right now, our, some of our family don't even know we're Christians. That shouldn't be. How can that be? You're around people. And so that what that means is that right now if you're doing that that means you're a secret agent Christian that's not a good thing that means that you're able to pray with the saints and party with the sinners lukewarm divided heart all that other stuff we need to know, they need to know they need to know by what they see without you preaching to them that you are a child of God. They need to know that. Should be very clear. Daniel in Daniel 3.6, it said, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So we're putting a position, being put in a position today, those of us, of you, who are in the workforce, either you take this vaccination or you seek employment elsewhere. It's not quite the same as a fire furnace, but now you're in a position where you have to make a decision. And if that decision is not in favor of the owner, manager, whatever, of that that particular entity, then you're, you're done. It's got to be very challenging for for you who are in the workforce today who have to make that decision. I'm just thankful right now that I don't have to. But what's going to happen as we tend to be more passive, there's going to be other things that are going to come up. Things that we can't even imagine. For example, the the police are going to be in front of Tops, Wegmans, uh, Aldis. You want to buy grocery? Let's see your uh, proof that you've been vaccinated." Well, for a minute there, I thought we were in the good old U.S. of A. It's a different time, friends, different times, and you say, well, that's ludicrous, that would never happen. Could anyone here have told me that we would be subjected to what we've been subjected to in the last year and a half? Well, I knew it was coming. Rubbish. You did not. So how far are we going to go? How far are we going to allow ourselves to be pushed? Do we have to be pushed in a corner? And now, you know, I look at the church as this roaring lion, long teeth. But now the lion has been defanged. There's no teeth. So the lion does not represent a threat now. That's where we are. And I I don't want to make it sound like doom and gloom. There's always hope. The Lord is still working, but we have a part to do in this. We have to take a stand. Not bash heads, not go out and, and, and do what the others are doing. None of that. Continue to impute the gospel into every heart that you're near. Continue to preach the word of God, the truth, and nothing but the truth, continue to to have an effect on that young child. Continue to have an effect on that old man, if that's the case. Continue to have an effect on every person that you see. Continue to witness to your neighbor, and I'm not talking the person across the street, the person that's standing in front of you. We must, we must, we must. God always honor those who honor Him. If you're ashamed of me before your friends, I'm gonna be ashamed of you in front of that gospel, and you're not gonna to honor to hear, Him I know, her I know, but who are you? Because you did all these great things from your perspective. What was your motive? He honored those who honor him. Another reference scripture, uh, 1 Samuel 2.30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Those are not terms of endearment there, folks. There's a price to pay for not honoring him. Second Chronicles sixteen nine, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal in him or to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Yeah, but brother, you know, right now we're, we're, we're pulling out of the war. We, we don't want a war anymore. Is that really true? Is that really true? So, again, at the risk of sounding political, did this really resolve anything? Sacrifice a lot of lives. So, there's still a war. The war rages on. Now, there will be little groups, they'll win the battle. They win a battle from their definition of winning, but our Lord wins the war. It's a fact. Verse 10, and the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king who has appointed you food, your food and drink. uh, For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you shall endanger my head before the king. So, Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the units had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And vegetables, in this, in this context, might refer to wheat or barley, or it could be fresh vegetables. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to buy what they're selling. We're not going to buy what the world is selling. We're not going to compromise. We've got to take a stand for what we believe in. We've got to be true to the gospel. And once you make that initial compromise, it's a slippery slope from that point on. Well, I'm just going to cave in a little. <laughs> no such thing as caving in a little. I'm just going to make this little sacrifice. I'm going to make this little compromise. I don't want my friends to not like me. So I'm just going to stop talking about this Jesus thing. I'm, I'm going to stop praying at dinner when I'm with my friends. Uh, and I'm going to go back to having fun. Might as well. There's nothing I can do about it. There's a lot you can do about it. Don't give up. Hope, hope, hope. Verse 13, then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. And this is, this is very interesting because this is where we are today. We're not eating vegetables or, or whatever, but subjecting ourselves to allowing something to be put into our bodies and we have no idea what it is. Seek the Lord. With some it may be okay. And, and we, we can't rely on a sample of one I knew a person who took a shot and they were fine. Sample of one, that's not enough. I knew a person who took it and they died. Sample of one, that's not enough. What does the Lord say to you personally? He's a faithful God, and he's all about the personal relationship. He'll speak to you directly, and everyone here directly. He'll speak to you. You don't have to get your information from someone else. Or this doctor who has five degrees. That's irrelevant. What is the spirit speaking to you? And make sure you're hearing the right voice. Sometimes we hear a voice and we're questioning, is that the Lord I'm hearing or am I hearing another voice? If you know him, you recognize his voice. All of us, we have a friend, someone who's close to us. When they call our name, we know that's them because we have that relationship. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants. When you hear my voice, you don't have to wonder, is that the Lord talking to me, or is that the enemy? You should know, because you've been walking with him, you've been talking with him, you've been spending time with him, and now you know when it's his voice speaking. And I know to some of you that does not you're not there yet. Well, I'm re- a relatively new Christian, so how, how would I know? How do you know the voice of your loved one today? You put time in. You learn to recognize their voice. You learn to be able to listen, to comprehend when they're talking to you. Indistinguishable from anyone else. It could be in a crowd. You know that voice. That's what Jesus wants with us. Let's be about it, friends. So, verse 14, so he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. So we go through, and he doesn't test us in this sense, but he gives us an opportunity to go out and experience things that he realized they may not be in our best interest, may not be in your best interest to go this way. But I'm going to allow it because I want you to learn. I want you to grow. I want you to mature. And sometimes we get a little bit confused on that. Well, if he knows that's bad, why wouldn't he stop it? Why would not he not allow it? Because everything that the Lord does is for a purpose. Everything. It doesn't matter, whether it's time on the mountain or time in the valley, there's a reason for it. Jesus was the first person in the recycling business. And the thing about it, he even recycles pain. So that hardship that you went through, he's going to use that. So you can use that as encouragement. You don't have to say, this is what I read. This is what I heard. This is what I saw on television. You lived it. You went through it. And now you're in a position where you can witness to someone else based on what you know. And people know if it's something that you're fabricating or when you're the real deal, you're a genuine article. They know that. Well, this is what I went through. and. It's different from what you went through. It always is, always will be. Well, I know how you feel. No, you don't. You don't. I've been through it before because my son and my daughter, no, you don't. Totally different situation. Encourage them. Jesus loves you. He's going to do what's right for you. He's going to bring you through this. He's going to restore you. He's going to grow you, mature you. He's going to bend you, break you, mow you, whatever he has to do. He's going to do it because he loves you. I bless you because I love you. I chasten you because I love you. Sovereignty. That's what sovereignty does. I'm doing whatever is in your best interest, whether you can see that or not. Your flesh is going to see this totally differently than, than I see it. You're looking through the keyhole to see what's going on. I'm looking through the doorway that changes everything. Let's trust them, folks. Sometimes it's not easy. At times like this, we're struggling. You know, I won't say everybody, I won't make a general statement like that, but most of us are struggling because we got loved ones who refuse to even listen to the Word of God. Most of us got even parents, children, there's a lot of prodigals running around out there right now. They don't want to know. Nope. I tried that back in 1984. It didn't work. So or even worse, Jesus took away someone that I love dearly, so I can't trust them anymore. doesn't work like that, friends. doesn't work. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your might, all your strength. And there are going to be some trying times. We're going through trying times right now. We don't even know what's around the corner. We really don't. We really don't. You know, and they keep threatening, the, the, the powers that be keep threatening us with going back to 2020. And some are already saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm just I'm going to live out my life in the way that you know I, I feel is right. I'm not going to be mandated to by these people who want to rule us. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to rule these men, these young men. And they said, no, we're going to take a stand. Leaning on the word of God. And that's what they're doing. That's what we need to be, leaning on the word of God. Never ceasing. Never ceasing. So I'm not going to go any further with this, but I just want to leave us with a couple things. Um, You know, um, my wife and I have been sharing a book, uh, if you're a reader, by um, Erwin Lutzer. Lutzer? Lutzer? It's called We will not be silenced. I highly recommend it based on what we've learned from it. Uh, And it just encourages us to be able to look around and see what's going on and know, have somewhat of a better idea of some of the things that we need to be aware of. There's a lot of garbage, friends, a lot of garbage, a lot of garbage. And for those who follow internet and Twitter and all that other stuff, you know, be careful. Be careful because you wouldn't go in and, on anything else thinking that I'm just going to listen to this person's opinion. That's what you're doing. Seek the Lord. The only, he's going to give you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You can count on that. And it's not that these people are out to deceive you, but the problem with deception is you don't know when you're being deceived, you have no idea. Learning about deception is a 20-20 hindsight at best. If I had known then what I know now, the Lord knows then what you don't know now. Lean on him. He'll see you through. Uh, And again, uh, I just want to, just one one song uh, that I I got a chance to hear, and we've all heard it, most of us. Uh, This is my father's house. And in that song, I was listening to it, and there was a a, a couple lines that I'm gonna, I'm gonna read here and how it applies to where we are today. It says, This is my father's house. Oh, let me never forget that though this wrong seems off so strong, God is a ruler yet. Lean on that. Trust in that meditate on that this is our father's world and we do you know i don't know if forget is the word i i, I have a hard time using that word you know when it says do this and remember some me does that mean we're going to forget him and it seems like some of us do only when we're we're in a crisis and now we got to call on him do we remember but and though the wrong seems so strong, when I talked about these groups that are in opposition to what we believe in, they seem so strong. That wrong seems so strong. But God is a ruler yet. Father, we just thank you for your word. And I pray, Father, that I've said even one word that discouraged my sister or my brother here tonight, Father, that you would strike it from my memories even now. And I'm just so thankful for this opportunity that I get to, to fellowship with my sisters and brothers. And I, my desire, desire of my heart and your heart, I know, is to encourage and not discourage. So it's, it's up to each one of us how we receive your word, Father. But I do pray, Father, that I, I've said something that was an encouragement, not here to chastise or to judge anyone, but to proclaim the word of God. So, Father, I give you praise and honor now for all that you've done in each and every one of our lives. I thank you for my sisters and brothers being here, Father, just to listen, just to be an encouragement to all of us and one another. And I just pray, Father, that you would have your way and that everyone who walked in will walk out being more aware of you than when they walked in. So I thank you, Lord, for uh, all that you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do. May you receive the glory in all that we do and say throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. And I just pray that uh, we will be about our Father's business. It's not easy. It's not easy. We don't like rejection, we don't like being cast out. We don't like being excommunicated. But we have to take a stand for what is right. We have to. God bless you all.